Good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Foundation Friday number 56. And today we are going to talk about the Christmas break reset. Uh, most states, if they are playing right now, are on some sort of mandatory moratorium. Uh, that's where we're at in Nebraska. Uh, mandatory five days off. I know the same thing or something akin to that is in Iowa as well. I think it's a good rule. I think it's good for everybody, especially dealing with high school kids, uh, to get away from the game for a few days, to get away from activities, to focus on family for a few days. I think it's a very, very positive thing. What I want to talk about today is using this time off to reset yourself, especially coaches. Um, I, I think that we're, we're, we're all in a certain place. Uh, there's some of you out there that are having great seasons. There are some of you out there that are having miserable seasons and that's to be expected for every you know every every for every game there's a winner and there's a loser so somebody is walking out of the gym feeling really good and and somebody's walking out of the gym feeling pretty miserable um, every night so if things are going well feel good about it but don't get too caught up in it if things are not going well Take one step at a time, reset yourself, use this time to reset your team, to reset yourself, and get ready for, you know, essentially what will be the second half of the season. I, I think that this is the, the time period where we also start getting into certain uh, situations within the season, uh, dealing with players, players' personal frustrations with playing time or uh, their role on the team, uh, parents' frustrations with their child's playing time or role on the team, um, officials perhaps start getting a little bit more thin-skinned uh, during this time of the year as we move into January. Uh, usually the vast majority of technical fouls are given in mid to late January uh, because the the, the, play, or the coaches are, are getting frustrated with their own teams. Uh, the officials are tired of getting chirped at on a, on a nightly basis. So there's a lot of that going on. So it's, it's time to reset. Um, if things are not going as well as you would like. I think here's some things that we that it's important to talk about. And, and whether things are not going well or things are going very well, I think all of these points are really important to talk about. First of all, the most important thing you can do is focus on the job at hand. Uh, don't worry about what's going on down the street or in the next town over or with, the, with your rival's team. Focus on what you can control. Control what you can control. It is important that you focus on your team, your team's improvement, not what Coach Smith is doing at West High or Coach Johnson is doing at East High. It is important that you focus on your program to work hard and to think positively. I think one of the most important things you can do with your team is to control your body language. I know some that is something that I have worked very, very hard on uh, in my time off and have, you know, I have really tried to conscientiously control my body language on the sideline. And when things are going well, it is also important to control your body language just as much, if not more so, than when things are not going as well. Remember that we are educating young kids. 
and that you need to leave a legacy, a, a, a mission, a something with these kids that is bigger than basketball. If all you're teaching them is how to dribble, how to shoot, and how to pass, and how to defend, then you have essentially failed at your job. Uh, there are so many other things that you can do and should be doing to teach your kids about life, about how to... Um, how basketball relates to life. One of the things that I've emphasized to my kids is that you've got to be willing to fight every day because nobody is going to fight for you if you're not willing to fight for yourself. And that's sports, that's athletics. And I think that's an important message that we can all convey to our teams. Um, we're all going to make mistakes and it's easy to beat yourself beat yourself up over mistakes, whether you played a kid too much or you, you or too little or you subbed the wrong kid in at the wrong time, whatever the situation may be. I think if you're going to preach to your kids that you need to move on to the next play, um, that mistakes are going to happen or whatever you're preaching to your players, it is also really important that you forgive yourself, that you can't have that uh, burden of guilt hanging over you. You acknowledge it, you move forward, you move on. Um, after we've played six games, I think after two games, I've gone through uh, two or three things in each one of those two games that I've told my team, hey, I screwed up. You know, our first game, um, I told our kids, you know, looking at it afterwards, uh, we went zone about eight possessions and our opponent did not score in any of those eight possessions. Should have played more zone. My fault, gang. You know, screwed it up. We're going to learn from it. Um, there was something else that I goofed up that game. Oh, out-of-bounds plays. I kept trying to force-feed a certain out-of-bounds play to our team that we were struggling with because of the way the other team was defending us, and I failed to adjust to that. And I talked to the team about that, and I showed them examples of what was going on with that. And when you admit, admit your mistakes in a strategic manner, that does nothing but build trust with your team. And if you're genuine about it, just don't come in after every game. Oh, here's all the, the 10 or 20 things that I screwed up. Then that falls on deaf ears. It's, it's just like yelling at the kids. You can't continuously yell at the kids and, and expect them to raise up their intensity the entire time um, to maintain that intensity. You can't do that. You can't do that. And the same thing goes with admitting mistakes. If you come in after every game and say, hey, gang, I, I screwed up, you know, here, 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 and here, um, that, that's just going to be like, okay, here's Coach again talking about how he screwed up. You acknowledge your mistakes and you move on. You continue to give uh, your team emotional deposits and you keep coming in every day, no matter how good or how bad things are going, to deposit that enthusiasm with your kids. Because at certain points, you're going to have to withdraw that. Um, We've talked on here about having bullets in your gun in the sense of you only have so many times where you can really get angry with your team. Um, with my team, I really haven't had to get after them. I, you know, little spurts of, of five second, hey, you know, let's take care of the doggone basketball here, uh, maybe using a little bit different language than that. But 
I have yet to really have to get on my kids yet. I think you, and I believe I've said this on here before, I think you have at least two, and at the most, in a high school season, you have three times where you can really get after your team. Or as Doc Rivers calls them, bullets in your gun. You only have so many bullets in your gun that you can shoot at your team. Um, and, and there's going to come a time where I'm probably going to have to fire a bullet. Now, I haven't had to yet, like I said, and I hope I don't have to. Uh, my second to last season at my former job, didn't have to fire a bullet the entire season. Literally did not have to fire a bullet the entire time. I had great leadership, and the kids took care of a lot of that stuff behind the scenes, uh, but did not have to fire a bullet the entire season. But you need to keep depositing those emotional and enthusiastic uh, deposits with your team because at some point you're going to have to withdraw that. At some point you're going to have to have a practice or two. That's just not fun because you've got to get your point across that we're here to work hard and we're here to focus and we're here to do what we're supposed to do. Um, we have played, you know, with my team, we've played six games. I believe the kids have given us everything they've had in five of those six games. And I actually knew we, we played our first four games. We had four games in eight days. And uh, our last one wound up on a Friday. And I was thinking about our team that Saturday and Sunday. And I thought, you know, these kids are giving me everything that they have. At some point, we're going to fall flat some night. And sure as heck happened, the, the, the following game, we fell flat. And, and we didn't practice well on Monday, and we played extremely poorly on Tuesday. And I went into the locker room after the game, and I said, here's the deal. I said, number one, we didn't practice well yesterday. Number two, because you didn't practice well yesterday, we played very poorly tonight. And so number three, you better be ready to practice tomorrow. And that is that was essentially what I told my kids in about this tone and along with a couple of other things, but not a whole lot more than that. And we came out and the kids played real because we had made those emotional deposits with the kids, those enthusiasm deposits, they really, really responded well to it. Um, so as you're going through this, if things are going well, don't get too up. Don't get too up right now. Um, a sprained ankle and a COVID quarantine to one or two of your key players could turn this whole thing around. Um, if things are not going well, teach, teach, teach. Get back to teaching. Continue to teach. I'm sure most, if not all of you, are teaching every single day. So don't ever lose sight of that. You've got to come in with enthusiasm and energy and be ready to teach your team every day. Find those teachable moments. Uh, the last thing I want to leave you with is when we talk about teaching, um, there's... There's, there's three stories I want to I wanna share. Uh, we'll talk about Roy Williams first. Remember, coaches, if, if you're struggling right now, more than likely it's because your players are just probably not as good as the other team's players that you have played, or maybe you've had some injuries or so forth and so on. Even the best coaches need great players. Roy Williams, very famously Hall of Famer from Kansas and North Carolina, his first year as a high school basketball coach, he went 2-19. and 19. As my friend Matt Fritchie would say, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jills and the Joes. Uh, coach Wooden, there, uh, there were two uh, education majors or something along those lines that observed Coach Wooden for an entire season. They saw 2,326 distinct acts of teaching by Coach Wooden. 
In those 2,326 distinctive acts of teaching, 160 of them were compliments, which was about 7% of what he said of his teaching moments. 153 of them were criticisms, which is about 6.5%. And then the the other 2,013 uh, acts of teaching were simply teaching, instruction, or corrective comments. 87%, 86.5%. So keep teaching away. There, there's a lot of season left to go, and you have to continue teaching your team. The last thing I want to leave with is if you're feeling some heat, if you've got parents, players, administration, or whatever that are unhappy, just remember that you're not going to make everybody happy, that your job is to put out the best team that you can and to control as many of those variables as you possibly can. Very famously, in 1974, uh, Coach Wooden uh, with Bill Walton as his starting center lost in overtime in the Final Four after winning. I believe they had won seven consecutive national championships. Uh, they lost to North Carolina State and David Thompson. Then the following year, his final year, he announced uh, after they won in the final f- the Final Four game in between the Final Four and the championship game that he was going to retire. Uh, they win the national championship. And somebody tells him as he's walking off the floor, Coach, so glad you won this game tonight and you didn't screw it up like you did last year. Greatest teacher, greatest coach that we've probably ever known. Uh, That is the pressure. Those were the expectations. That is the way people thought of his job after winning 10 national championships in 12 years. So never forget, coaches, that we're in this job and stay in this job for the right reason and use these few days off to reset yourself to reset yourself mentally physically emotionally and when you come back from your moratoriums and your christmas breaks to come out and teach the game to the best of your ability and teach what you know also a quick announcement uh because of the holiday break uh we're not going to have an interview uh this weekend uh, we'll pick up back. We'll pick back up with interviews next week, and we'll keep throwing some stuff out there. So, uh, obviously, if you're listening, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, give us a five star review. Uh, follow us on Twitter. The handle a pen and a napkin. Uh, email me if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas. A pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Also, look up teachhoops.com. Great resource to use as well. Teachhoops.com backslash a p a a n. That's a pen and a napkin. Coaches, as always, let's pray for peace. Let's stay safe. Have a safe and blessed holiday season. I wish you all nothing but the best. I hope you all have a great Christmas break. Enjoy your downtime. And as always, be sure to hone your craft one day at a time.